Welcome to the You on the Camino de Santiago podcast, season two, helping pilgrims get ready for their first pilgrimage walk on the Camino. With your host, Camino guide and longtime pilgrim, Nancy Reynolds of the Camino Experience. Hey there, welcome to this episode of the podcast, You on the Camino de Santiago, where the goal is to give you the long answer to all your Camino-related questions. You're getting this from someone who has spent lots of time on the Camino, specifically on the Frances route. This is Nancy, and I first walked the Camino in 2005, starting in Pamplona. I didn't love every bit of it, but it did have a big impact on me and how I viewed the world. I went back in 2007 and walked again from Roncesvalles to Santiago, and after that walk, I swore I would never be back. Well, (laughs) I did go back. In fact, I've been back twice a year since then, with just a few exceptions. I stopped counting my personal pilgrimage walks in 2012, when I started leading groups on the Camino. Here's what I have counted, though. I have walked from Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port in France 17 times. That includes four personal walks and 13 walks when I was leading groups. My goal is to empower you to make your dream of walking the Camino a reality. That's my love. That's my passion. And that's my wheelhouse. This podcast has two types of episodes, informational or educational, where I share with you what I've learned over the past 17 years and countless pilgrimage walks, and conversational, where I chat with people who, just like you, are getting ready to walk their first ever Camino pilgrimages. As this episode is going live, the previous 30 episodes have been downloaded nearly 12,000 times by past and future pilgrims in 39 countries. I am elated. The idea that you are learning from what I'm sharing and that I have a hand, however small, in you making your Camino dream a reality makes my heart sing. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your journey. I think you're going to love this episode, which is a conversation with two first-time pilgrims who will be walking the Camino Frances in May 2023. Before I get to that, though, I want to invite you to hop over to my website, thecaminoexperience.com, and sign up for my email list. I have a bunch of things in the works and lots more helpful Camino info to send you and I don't want you to miss any of it. When you sign up, I will immediately send you a PDF list of my favorite top tips with a short narrative for each. And then you'll hear from me regularly with more good stuff about the Camino and getting ready for your first walk. It's really easy to sign up. I have one of those mm, semi-annoying pop-up windows set up on my website. It's the one that comes in after you've been on the page for a few seconds. And you can enter your name and email address there. Oh, one note. If you're listening on your phone, you won't get the pop-up. Instead, 
Just scroll about halfway down the page to find the sign-up form. I'll put the link for my website in the notes. One more thing I want to mention before we get to today's conversation, and that is that I recently had the pleasure and privilege of being a guest on two other Camino podcasts with Lee Brennan of the Camino Cafe podcast and with Maria Seiko of the Spanish for the Camino podcast. If you love podcasts, if you love the Camino, or if you love both those things, I think you'll really enjoy these two podcasts. I have a link for you in the notes. And again, thank you for joining me here. Really, thank you. I admire your courage and determination, and I appreciate that you are trusting me to help make your Camino dream a reality. Now, let's meet my guests. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm excited to have with me today a couple of guests, and I think you're really going to enjoy getting to know them. Today, I'm here with Jason and Andrea, originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and let's see if I can get this correct, Belo Horizonte, Brazil. Jason and Andrea call New York City home. They met in their late 40s after experiencing loss love, grief, success, disappointment, and spiritual growth in their own ways. Boy, that sounds like a path many of us are walking, doesn't it? They'll start their Camino in May 2023, and I'm going to have them share the details with us. And at that time, they will be celebrating their two-year anniversary of their first date. So we've got a bit of a love story going on here. And they feel that the Camino represents symbolically, their paths merging together, their choice to unite their hearts as they continue the journey of life. Now, don't you already love them? (laughs) I know I do. All right, so let's meet them. We've got Jason and Andrea. Hi, guys. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for having us on. Hello. Oh, I'm just so glad you're here. And, And I mentioned this a moment before we started recording that this is my first interview with two people at once. And I think I could not have asked for a better two people to start it with. So yes, let's get going. So who would like to tell us what your plans are? So I'd like to always start by putting the pin in the map, where you'll be walking and when you'll be starting and how far you plan to walk and how much time you'll take, you know, because when people start to plan their Caminos, they're always asking these first round questions like, when are you going or when's the best time and why? And how much time does it take or how long am I going to take? So let's put that those pins in the map. Jason, I think you're the one who's going to give us that rundown. Yeah. Thanks, Nancy. It took us a while to figure out exactly when we could go uh, as many people have jobs and responsibilities. We don't have children, but we do have a, a schnorky, a six-year-old schnauzer Yorkie mix. And, um, you know, I have to take care of those responsibilities. So we were juggling between... April and then May, and then this window opportunity in May showed up. And we said, okay, we're going to do that, our second anniversary from our first date. And we thought, well, this is working out symbolically. How far and how long can we, you know, stay away and go? So we first said, well, two weeks is about all we could do. You know, let King stay with some friends. And as we kept listening to your podcast, and watching YouTube videos and reading uh, books, they're like, we really want to 
you know, immerse ourselves, you know, as much as we can. So we said, okay, let's do three weeks. And maybe through the Maseta, we'll ride bicycles and just kind of blow through there. But it just kept pulling on us. It was like kind of not weighing on our hearts, but it was, we're kind of being sucked into the Camino vortex. And we just said, let's, if we're going to do it, let's do the whole thing. And Andrea can speak to, you know, when she first heard of, of the Camino when she was younger, but she wanted to walk the Camino Francaise. And uh, I, I had no, we were thinking about the Portuguese way, but we, we settled on that because it had been in her heart for, for many, many years. So we're going to give ourselves a couple of days in, in St. Jean de Port, and then we're going to walk the Camino Frances. And we're not going to bike through the Meseta because we have really great friends. Natalie and Troy are going to watch King for an entire five-week stretch. So hopefully we can walk the whole distance and still have time on either side, you know, to spend a, maybe a couple of days in Madrid on our way out. Wow. You know, I just, what I love about that is how we can see that once we find something that's the right thing for us to be doing at this time in our lives, it just keeps growing and expanding and becoming a bigger and broader experience for us. And I love that you have worked it out, the logistics of having the time to be away that long. Well done. Yeah, I, I think the logistics work themselves for us. It was the universe saying, you meant to do this. And we are very tuned in to pick up on the signals, you know, and I think turning point, a big moment was when our friends, again, shout out to Natalie and Troy, because without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. <laughs> but they were like, we love King. We'll take him for as long as you need us to keep him. So that just opened up the possibilities. But then our hearts, I think, were really calling to allow for the unfolding, the unraveling of the Camino to take its own pace and not to be an exercise of check the box. We did this and let's rush through it to make sure that we get that, you know, those credentials and the Compostela at the end and hanging on the wall. It's That's not what this is about, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it just kind of all fell into place. And we are now allowing five weeks from beginning to end. I love that. And you used a word that comes up a lot when we talk about the Camino, and that's a calling, a calling. So there's something that has called you and it's calling you in a particular way. I love that you used, used the phrase, the universe, that something bigger, something grander. Could either of you talk more about the calling and my new, I just recently became interested in this. What's behind the calling? Is there something that we are all longing for? that the Camino calls us to come find. So yeah, Jason, you want to talk about that a bit? Sure. I think it might help to get a, a little backstory on the two of us. I mean, we, like in, in the intro that you read, we met in our late 40s. I'm now in my early 50s, but I had lost my wife of 22 years to ovarian cancer in 2018. And um, I, I wasn't you know, necessarily knowing what I was going to do next. You know, whole, the whole world came crushing, uh, crashing down around me. And uh, after a couple of years of going on pilgrimages uh, on my own, I went to India and hiked the Himalayas and did a meditation retreat there with my sister and did a whole a Buddhist-centric tour of India. 
And then in 2019, I did a cross country here in the States, a pilgrimage, New York to California and back, towing my motorcycle behind my car and, and then hiking the Grand Canyon and Big Sur and Yosemite and the Painted Desert to find maybe even the questions. I don't, I don't know that I was looking for answers. I was looking for questions that would help lead me to some answers or even just the questions would be enough. Because I think people who are on a journey that is that are is a deep journey, you don't always get what you want. You don't always get the answers. And so we're we've both been on. Uh, Andrea has her own personal journey, but I was open to the universe leading me wherever it might lead me. And eventually, when I started dating again, Andrea and I met, and the universe again has been watching the has been helping cultivate our relationship. We, ref, we sort of refer it to as every time you come, you're like driving up Amsterdam Avenue in New York City. And if you just hit every green light, there isn't a red light. It just keeps going. You're like, wait, when is this going to, when is there going to be a red light? And it didn't. We could just go straight upstate, you know, on Amsterdam I Avenue because the green light just kept happening. And so this is an extension of that. Like we said, we started with, oh, maybe a couple of weeks, oh, three weeks, oh, five weeks. And there was just green light after green light after green light. So the calling is not a like a very specific. It's more a very general being open to what whatever may come may come. And the fact that we both have had that ideology, if that might be the right term for what this is, the both of us have been wide open to the universe. That's what brought us together. And now we're going to continue the our journey together through life on this you know, massive pilgrimage, which, you know, I don't know what it's, what it's going to show us. And that's what we're going to wake up every morning and have our torta and our cafe con leche and see what the universe has to bring us. It's great. <laughs> Besides, hopefully no blisters. Yeah. Hopefully no <laughs> blisters. What it reminds me of is the attitude of yes, the attitude of, you know, I'm going to keep my eyes open and when those green lights are green, I'm flooring it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right through those green lights rather than slow down and wonder if it really should be green. Shouldn't that be turning red yet? But you're, you're going ahead. Andrea, yeah. You called it. It's been a theme with us. And in fact, when we uh, decided to move in together, I called one of my best friends and she said, I think the only answer that you and Jason need to decide to give is how loudly you're going to say yes to, <laughs> you know, how, how this is uh, developing for you. So I, when Jason was answering your question, it reminded me one of the earliest things that got me hooked in your podcast is you said something around having the distinction between intentions and expectations. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I was familiar with or a concept I'm familiar with from other aspects of my life. So it resonated with me right away. And I think we're both thinking about the Camino, much more about the intention we're bringing with us and really no expectations. But you had asked us to reflect on this question of the what's behind the calling. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of scratching our heads last night talking about this and I had a big revelation for mm. myself so thank you for that question because I think what I realized is that the the older I get the more I have an appreciation 
for the fact that, let's say, the secret to happiness or to peace with yourself is to accept things as they come and not try to force the world or other people to behave in a way <laughs> that, you know, fits with your expectations or your preferences, mm-hmm. right? And, and yesterday, what came to my mind was the Camino is going to be a boot camp on that for me. <laughs> Right. Where you sleep, how many people are in the room, if they're snoring or not snoring, if there are bed bugs or no bed bugs, if it's raining or if it's sunny, if it's too hot, if it's too cold, if my feet is aching or not aching, I'm here to embrace this experience. Mm. And if I allow my the voices in my head to fight the circumstances that I'm finding, I'm not going to have any fun. So and what's right. the point of embarking in a journey like that if you're not ready to to do this? And what I said to Jason was, you know, my biggest hope is that in practicing this during the Camino, I can come back to normal life, more prepared to do that, you know, on a more regular basis. You hit it. You hit it right there. I've become so curious lately about why on earth would we do something like this if we're not going to bring it back to our daily lives? I mean, this is no small thing. Two people is twice the cost. I mean, almost sometimes, you know, you share a room and not necessarily twice the cost. And it's a huge amount of time out of your lives. Why would you do it if you're not going to come back? The person you you see you can be, there's like this vision of, of what could be, of what the Camino can provide for you. And yeah, for many people, it's just that experience. Great five weeks, loved it, had a great time, met a lot of great people, drank a lot of wine. But I'm so interested in who's coming home and who, what that person's going to do next. In fact, I've got an episode coming up. If you remember David, who did the episode on packing with me, he, I have him coming up in another episode where he shares about what he brought back in this amazing Camino-themed fundraiser he created. So you're going to get to hear about that. But we're going to follow you too. I hope you know. We're going to follow you and find <laughs> out what is going on and, uh, and what you bring back. Because pilgrimage is, it's so many things, but one of it is, is what do you bring back to your community, to your relationship, to your family, to your life, and to the world? So yeah, high five. I can't wait. You guys are, I'm getting chills. I mean, you're talking about these things. I'm like, oh, this is so good. (laughs) Okay. So anything else to add on that topic? I just think, you know, not to beat, you know, it in the ground, but it is so exciting that, uh, and not to make make it about myself, but I, you know, have had a significant amount of loss and and to, to think that I've come out on the other side with an, an open heart and an open spirit, which I've always had before, um, but that I didn't lose it through the grief or the you know loss of my father two years before wow. Marin. Um, it's, you know, we, we all go through these significant changes in our lives and the, the trip to the Himalayas or the trip across country. And then we all have this world, the world shut down for a significant amount of time. And mm-hmm. we were forced into isolation to to reflect if we took the time to reflect and not just have zoom cocktails, which, you know, you have to have balance. So, <laughs> but now to come out on the other end of that sort of dovetailing at the end of the shutdown meeting, Andrea, find a kindred spirit 
that wants to embark on this. I've, I've learned something from each of those journeys and from each of the losses. Mm -hmm. And I feel not that this is the, the crowning achievement. I'm curious to what other pilgrimages await me after this, sure. but this is significant in so many ways and in its immenseness for me and for both of us, I think uh, safe to say without putting words in Andrea's mouth. So the why is solid and embedded into the core of our essence. Now the how is another question. <laughs> it's like, how do we pack for May and June? Mm -hmm. You know, I, we know we like, we're not minimalists, you know, um, necessarily, but we know that we need to be very mindful of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So as, as uh, I mentioned earlier, we do have a lot of questions. <laughs> and we're going to get to those very soon. Yeah. I love, I love answering questions for first time pilgrims. One of my, one of my weird hobbies, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we go to that though, have there been any, other than finding a place for King, have there been any challenges or frustrations that you've come up against in the planning process and preparing? Yeah, I would probably mention two things. One is, is striking a balance of how much we plan and prepare in advance versus, you know, how much to allow the community to provide or, mm -hmm. you know, and I think we, we are so aligned and as Jason just said, the why for sure, but also how to go about getting the information that will give us a sense of security mm. without becoming like a blockage that will that will stop us from accepting a change or, you know, we're not going to hold on so tight to what we're planning or, or learning through preparation. So allowing for that flexibility, it's it's very clear for us that that's important. But still, I find sometimes that the amount of information that's out there can trigger a little bit of anxiety for me. So in one hand, it gives us, oh, okay, we know what the options are going to be. We understand what you expect. That's helpful. And then, for you know, there is a, a, a bit of like, okay, how, how much information is too much information? So I think that's one of the challenges. I'd love to hear more about the anxiety part. What what about that glut of information causes anxiety? I'm oh, I'll just speak one example. And, and I think I experienced this more than Jason does. But one example is, oh, Nancy mentioned that we should really have dinner at this place because it's great. So I am going to go like, oh, my God, I got to make sure I don't miss that because it's a top tip, right? <laughs> but it's like, no, that if we may not get there. It may be closed when we show up. Mm -hmm. So it's just like I don't want to hold on to the gems that I am finding in yeah. the preparation or the advice from other pilgrims. Uh, that's the kind of anxiety. It's more mm -hmm. like the FOMO, right? The fear of missing out on something or creating that anticipation that there is this person I got to meet because somebody met them or this particular albergue that it's so lovely and we saw the pictures and we really like how it looks. Mm -hmm. And I feel that once I put that backpack on and set my foot on the, you know, the trail, I got to let go of, of those expectations. Yes. Yes. And, oh, that is so good. So we hear about all these great things and we want that. But I would assert that it's not that we want that great thing. We want that experience, whatever that person is gushing about. 
is probably because it touched something in them and it gave them an experience. Like, listen, I think the place you might be referring to is the pizza place that I recommend. An ice cream place too. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll give you a list of 40 ice cream places not to miss, and then you don't have to worry about FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think what we hear when we hear this, oh, the best albergue or the best place to eat or the best tapas, the person who's speaking, and I'm I'm telling this is I'm telling on myself. What I share with people is that I had this amazing experience at this place. And those experiences are made up of so many different factors. There's the fact of the place. Yes, that place has good ice cream. Yes, that place has comfortable beds. But I was there when I was me in that moment, experiencing this journey of self-discovery. And I probably just had this amazing aha on the trail and saw a beautiful blue sky with puffy white clouds and the birds were singing. And I was there with these four people who I'd connected with. You can have that anywhere along the trail and you're going to have your version of it. So the great thing is that even if you don't get to stay at albergue number 27, you can have those experiences along the trail. And the difference is the difference between expectations and an attitude of expectancy is how I like to describe it. And I'm stealing that because I heard a travel writer talk about this. That when we go with the attitude, I'm expecting for you guys these amazing connections and these amazing moments and these ex- all these wonderful experiences. And so if you miss that ice cream place, you're still going to have all that. But FOMO yeah. is real. FOMO it is real. Is. And, and you, you have been just so helpful and so good at repeating this message throughout the two seasons of your podcast that, you know, people have this desire to share with you what they experienced. Right. And we have luckily very close friends, lovely friends, and a shout out to them to Katya and Chris and Patrick and Tom and so many others that have shared their wisdom and their experience and their encouragement. But they say, Oh, we love this place in Leon, or don't stay here or avoid that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Okay, great. That was your experience. (laughs) We're going to have ours. Yeah. And you know, a beautiful cathedral is a beautiful cathedral. But if you don't like statues and, and paintings, who cares? Yeah. That's right. I I know that this started as a, a Catholic pilgrimage. You know, uh-huh. it has its roots in that. And not everyone has the, those inclinations. You know, my church is more of nature. Mm-hmm. And I, I still want to see, you know, the, the cathedrals and experience that. But I feel like I might, and I might be wrong, you know, I might have a, you know, a spiritual encounter in a cathedral (laughs) as well, but I feel like everything that makes up who I am is going to, to, there's going to be an, uh, an open door from the universe or to a spiritual encounter because of who I am and where I am at at the moment because of who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was probably kind of convoluted, but <laughs> no, I, I think I got it. But it, what it reminds me is to ask you this question. Let's see if I can, how I want to phrase this. People go to the Camino with these ideas and expectations that it's going to be a life changing experience. And it is for many people. And it also is not for many people. What would you, having not been there, what would you think it would take for this to be a life changing experience? I'm going to jump in, Jace. There's two things that popped up for me. One is I think it's an understanding that just like with our lives, 
here at home, Jason and I are walking the Camino together. We have made the choice to go on this trip together and each one of us is walking our Camino. Mm. So I think that's going to be really important and to practice all the things that make a relationship strong and healthy will be required in the Camino to speak up our own needs, our desires, to uh, claim our own space if we need it, to ask for the other person's support if we need it. So I think that practicing all of that is going to be really critical because we're not doing this alone. We're doing it together. And then I think the other thing that comes to mind is to not to not freak out when something, <laughs> you know, unexpected. And one of our good friends said that it's like, you know, if you get injured, it's not the end of your Camino. If you have several days of bad weather, it's not the end of your Camino. You might expect, you might experience something that feels like a setback. And then just keep the perspective that you are in beautiful Spain with great food, with great wine, you're going to meet great people. So make the best out of it and just, you know, don't jump to conclusions that your Camino experience is ruined if something, quote unquote, bad happens. That is so important. It is so important. Yeah. One thing that I've taken from my trip to India was I'm not a Buddhist, uh, but I did, you know, study a little bit about it. And it's pretty much known widely the middle way you know, to go down the middle of life, you know, observe the highs, but don't get caught up in, in life's highs so that when you come down from that high, which you can't sustain forever, that you don't come so far down to even a low that it would be very, much more difficult than just riding down the middle. And I think that's kind of our general philosophy in life. And I think maybe hopefully a good way to to uh, embark on the Camino is, okay, everyone has had wonderful experiences. And you said people, life-changing experiences, and some people have not. Mm-hmm. And it would be disappointing if we were to come back and go, well, I just am really sore. I didn't really get anything out of it. <laughs> but I imagine I'm going to go out on a limb here that because we're doing this with our heart and our spirit in the right place, that we're going to come away with what we need. Yeah. Now, is it so life-changing and earth-shattering? Maybe not, but it will be exactly what we need in that time, Yeah, at that time. Yeah. And the other thing is, from everything you've told me, your Camino started a while ago. Your Camino started, if not two years ago when you met, but at minimally, your Camino started when you both said yes to this adventure or this experience or this pilgrimage. And I, I really want to drive home that point for people who are listening the Camino is already started. If you've gotten this far in this podcast series, certainly, but the moment you said yes, that's when your heart begins to open to what's possible in your life, not just in walking a trail in Spain and drinking good wine, but there's now a possibility for something bigger and grander. And you can call it spirituality. You can call it religion. You can call it the human experience. You can call it the universe or God or whatever you want to call it. But I really believe that saying yes to the Camino is saying yes to something bigger and better in life. And and Nancy, to build on the theme of saying yes, one thing that's been surprising to me or I didn't expect 
was the impact that just sharing the news with people that mm. we're going to do this, that, that like the reactions that we got from our friends, our colleagues, I think as professionals, right? I'm an independent consultant and I've been making connections with my key clients saying, listen, between May 15th and June 23rd, I'm not on email. I'm not answering phone calls. I'm not available for meetings. And the it feels like the courage that it takes for me to carve out that time to make this choice and then to communicate it to others in itself is inspiring for other people. Yes. We haven't even set foot in Spain yet. And we're already getting, you know, a wave of response from yeah. our friends and family and, and professional colleagues. I think the energy of yes is contagious. You're both really bringing it and you've been bringing it in your relationship and in your lives. And what you just described, Andrea, about the reaction of people to you telling them what you're planning to do just tells me that, that saying yes to things has a huge energy and it's contagious. Anything else we should talk about before we get to your question? I'll mention one thing that out of uh, our circle of friends that have done this before, we just had a conversation this past week and our friend Patrick said, you know, the Camino simplifies everything. Mm. And I just really love those, you know, it's, it's three words. It simplifies everything. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Nice. Yeah. Good. I think you'll find it. I think you find it. Yeah. Oh, good. Jason, anything else from you? One of the things that you, to piggyback off of, it simplifies everything. And this is the, I think, part of my brain that I'm trying to disconnect in life in general is to stop worrying about things. I'm already somewhat worrying about how we're going to reintegrate mm. when we get back because simplifying is great. And, yeah. you know, I was telling a friend yesterday, you know, we're going to get up and we're going to walk, 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 walk. We're going to eat. We're going to walk, walk, walk. We're going to wash our, uh, you know, socks out. We're going to take a nap. We're going to eat. We're going to go to sleep. And we're going to wake up and do it all over again. And he was like, that sounds fantastic. And it, it's, it sounds like really something I, we need to do. Then when we come home and we have to go back into our work, you know, it's how do we reintegrate that simplification yeah. in our complex world? And it's, it's, it's a bigger question that I think that has an answer. It's more like, so for me, it's just something to reflect on and to find ways to, uh, you know what, instead of going to do this thing that or taking on this project that's going to complicate my life, let's just go for a walk. I mean, maybe even just walking more um, or let's just simplify our life at home. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really not a question, but it's more of a uh, trying to understand how to bring the Camino home and integrate it. And it's a great question. I'm curious, what's your advice? Because you've done this so many times. You may remember in previous interviews with first-time pilgrims, I asked what people's superpower is and how you'll use your superpower to plan. Will you also use your superpower to reintegrate or to bring it back into life? And Jason, I can already see what your superpower, one of your probably many superpowers, is your ability to ask questions and to reflect. And so what I would do is, uh, and I'll even share some questions with you, you know, when you're on the trail of questions that I ask 
as I travel. I've got a whole list of questions for reflection. And when you hit the one week before Santiago, Mark, that's the time to really start asking questions about the return and to really start posing, we'll go back to the universe, posing questions to the universe of, hey, what, what, what do you want me to do with this? What am I going to do next? Show me what's next. Give me those green lights. And to start asking those questions, but it's to use your superpower again. One of the early interviews, she said her super, um, it was great. I think it was Grace from New York said her superpower was curiosity. Okay, plug it back in. We're going to keep using those so that we can take what we learned right back into our lives. That's great. I like that a lot. And I can't wait to read your questions. Please, please do share. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, pretty soon I should do a whole episode on questions, questions to ponder when you walk the Camino, but I will share them with you guys for sure. Great. Yeah. All right. So we've been talking about a lot of really great things and I am so loving this conversation. And we're going to take a break here and we might have to come back next week because I think we've got lots of things still to talk about. And I know that Jason and Andrea have lots of questions. So I'm going to stop here for this episode and say thank you guys for being with me and sharing. This is really the juicy stuff about what you're doing and why. So I want to say thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for going on the deep dive with us. It means a lot to our, to our heart. And get our ready. We have a lot of questions for you. <laughs> Excellent. I'll look forward to that. We'll be back next week with the second part of this conversation. All right, guys. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.